Uh, Brent, thank you and the, and the guys so much for leading us today uh, in, in worship. So it's just, listen, it's, it's, it's a story you've heard time and time again. This is Resurrection Sunday, and I'm going to tell a resurrection story. Um, and, and I've already prayed that you would just be open and sensitive to hear it from a, from a different perspective. Those of you that are watching us online to, today, thank you for joining us. And, and we pray that just as we've encountered the presence of the Lord in this room, I, I, I'm praying today that whatever venue you're in and whoever's gathered around with you, whatever you're eating right now, I, I love those little things from Trader Joe's that, that are kind of like that, that popcorn type stuff. I'm telling you, don't ever try it because you'll eat the whole bag. But whatever you're consuming right now, thank you for carving out time, dialing in, and we're praying that the Holy Spirit of God invades your atmosphere right now and changes your life. He can do that. Come on, if he can come out of a mountain <laughs> alive, he can walk through your brick and mortar, right? B blow through some sheetrock, Holy Spirit. Amen. Is this story really believable. Let's just be honest. You're in church. Don't lie. But there are some things that are just really hard to believe about it. Are there not? Be real. Did a dead man really come back to life? Are all of these things that we read about in scripture and things that we've heard all of our lives, is it really believable? You know, it just, it's hard to wrap our minds around it. And I think that for some of us, that's why we discount or discredit it because we, we like to try to figure things out. And when we can't figure something out, then we just write it off as well. That, that can't be true, right? There's no way that could have happened. I, 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 uh, I was sharing with my father-in-law last night. He's a pastor and he doesn't preach so much anymore except to me and corrects me. Anybody got a father-in-law like that? They're just kind of still all up in your grill and telling you when you, you know, you don't. You need to love my daughter better. I mean, just, that's all right. Once a daddy, always a daddy, right? Amen. Hallelujah. I called him last night. I said, hey, man, hey, Pop, just, hey, if, if I wasn't feeling well, if I, if I was sick and just couldn't go tomorrow, if I just couldn't get up there and do it, hey, would you, would you come and preach for me? He said, absolutely. He said, you'd have to get a plane here to get me. I said, I can do that. And he said, you have to leave me your notes. I'm like, I do not need to leave you. Mine. You've preached this sermon over 50 times, I'm sure, bro. You kidding me? I need your notes. Is it really believable, though? You've heard what I'm going to share with you today. There is no smoke and mirrors. There's nothing. We've got a piece of styrofoam up here, for Pete's sake. There's nothing to really do to wow and impress. There's nothing else I can do to change this story. And I'm just simply today, I want us to look at it from, you know, when we can't logically or scientifically prove things, that for a lot of people, it's just not real. But today, here's what I'm going to do. I want to give you historical evidence for the resurrection. I want us to unpack some things in Scripture, and I want us to talk through some things that we read, and just we're going to talk about some things that have given proof. To, because we've got to answer the question, did the resurrection really happen? Is it true? And here's why we're going to answer that today and spend some time with this. Because what you decide about this story and what you come to believe about this story that, that I'm going to read and share to you today and what you decide and come and leave here with thinking about Jesus. Listen, that is the most important priority of your life. 
That this far outweighs where am I going to go to college? Who am I going to marry? What is my career going to be? Where am I going to live? What, you know, do I buy electric or still go diesel? You know? Uh, yeah. If, if a snowmageddon can shut down a power grid, if we, I, I, okay. I thought about preaching about global warming and things like that today, but I just, it's Easter, it's Resurrection Sunday. But you've got to decide today what you believe. I'm going to share with you maybe what I believe. I'm going to share with you some things that scripture speaks of and some eyewitness accounts of that. But at the end of the day, here's the deal. Every one of us in this room have got to decide what we believe about the resurrection. Now, now, now listen, you have probably no doubt heard about Jesus and a cross. Have you not? So there might be somebody listening or watching online that you've not heard that, 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 that Jesus went to a cross. A cross was an implement of execution uh, concocted by the Romans. It was the most inhumane, cruelest way to die. Jesus went to a cross and he died for us. You've heard that, right? In fact, let me read to you what scripture says just to give validity to, to, to what I am, am sharing with you today. It says, at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At three o'clock, Jesus calls out with a loud voice, Eloah, Eloah, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me or abandoned me? And Jesus uttered another loud cry, and he breathed his last breath. Something you need to understand, first of all, Jesus died. Are we okay? Jesus died. He breathed his last breath breath. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That's important, right? Top to bottom, meaning only God could do it. If it was torn from the bottom to top, man could have gotten in there. The Pharisees could have, no, no, no. God did this. And when the Roman officer who stood there facing him saw how he died, he exclaimed, this man truly was the son of God. Stop the bus right there. A Roman officer, this man who no doubt had, had, had led and was in charge of probably hundreds of executions. This execution, this death on the cross was different. There's transformation that happens in this moment as he watches Jesus die. And this man, this hardened officer in the military says, wow. I've never seen it go this way before. Well, probably when it's dark for three hours and the earth begins to quake and rocks split and dead people start coming out of the graves, you, you might freak out a little bit too. You might probably say, hey, listen, this is a death like none other, right? But I love this declaration. In that moment, his life is transformed. Upon seeing how Jesus died, he declares this man truly was the son of God, right? Yes. Jesus died. There are a lot of opinions out there that Jesus didn't really die that day, that maybe he just swooned. I don't know what that means. So I Googled it. Don't you love you some Google? That word swoon means he, something he fainted that he just simply fainted on the cross. And when they buried him in this cold tomb, the, the cold temperature somehow resuscitated him somehow. That's an opinion. It, it, there's not much validity to that because Scripture says that Jesus died. And if that was not enough, it says that, that, that they... Um, that, well, look what... So it goes on to say, the soldiers came and they broke the legs of the two men that were crucified with Jesus. 
So listen, there were, there were, there were criminals on both sides of Jesus. Actually, there were three criminals on, on Golgotha that day, three criminals according to Roman officials. Jesus wasn't a criminal because he, we know he was blameless, he was sinless, he was falsely accused, tried the wrong way, but yet they label him a criminal, right? So he's buried or uh, crucified with criminals on both sides, and, 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 and the Sabbath is coming. And here's what you need to understand about, about Friday night at 6 p.m. in the Jewish culture. It's called Shabbat. It's called Sabbath. And starting at 6 o'clock on Friday night until Sunday, you can't work, you can't do anything. So the Romans have a problem here. Jesus, first of all, he should have never made it to the cross because of the excruciating torture and pain he went through with the beating and the whipping and all. It would have killed a normal man. But come on, somebody. Jesus is not a normal man. He should have never made it to Calvary, (laughs) but he did. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you and endured tremendous pain and suffering. But these criminals, there's a problem with the Romans here. Shabbat's coming. It's now three o'clock in the afternoon. Death should have happened pretty quickly, but it's not. So it's scripture says, so the soldiers came and broke the legs of those two men crucified with Jesus. They, they, you, you, you die from suffocation. So if they can't hold themselves up, if their legs are broken, they, they can't get air into their lungs. They're going to die quickly. We got to get them out of here because Shabbat's happening. We need to get home and eat and not work any longer. But look what scripture says. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs. And so one of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water flowed out. Now check this out. This might be one of the most important verses in scripture. Some translations don't have this, but look what it says here. This report is from an eyewitness given an accurate account. He speaks the truth so that you also may continue to believe. Now, this is the eyewitness account from who, you think? From John, a disciple. These things have happened in fulfillment of the scriptures that say not one of his bones will be broken, and they will look on the one that they pierced. Jesus couldn't break his legs. Old Testament prophets said not one of his bones would be broken, but he would be pierced for our sins. But his bones wouldn't be broken. So much happening here in this story. You've heard this before. Jesus died. They took him off the cross. They punctured his side to make sure he was dead, right? He was dead because they gave his body to a man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea, who, who was quickly trying to get his body. It's probably around five o'clock. They're trying to get his body around 530. He gets the body and they're trying to get him into the tomb. The ladies that, that don't even have time because Shabbat is coming, they don't even have time to, to embalm the body with spices and herbs like they were accustomed to doing. So they were going to have to come back and do it at a later day. Three days later, right? They were going to have to come back. They had no time to do it now. Jesus died. He was buried. Why would you... Why would you bury somebody who's not dead? No, he's dead. It says they wrapped his body in cloth and they laid him in a tomb. How would you feel as one of Jesus's followers if you were there that day? Their leader's now gone. The one that they had left everything to follow. They left their careers. They've left their families, their their communities, they've left everything. And for three years, they follow him. 
and now he's dead? What would you have done if you were one of the followers there that day? Well, you need to know there weren't many of his followers there that day. Most of his disciples weren't present at Calvary. One, John was there. Actually, there were some of his disciples. They were called women. There were women that served and followed Jesus in his ministry as well. You know, when the men were running and fleeting, scared, praise God for women. Amen. Come on, somebody. Did I say that the right way, Ange? Make sure I got worked that in my message today. So that is true, though. He's gone. What do you do now? They're saddened. They're dejected. I'm sure once they got the body in the tomb and went home, I can't begin to imagine how they felt. The story goes on. That on Saturday evening, when the Sabbath had ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, went out and they purchased burial spices so that they could anoint Jesus' body. And very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. And on the way, they were asking each other, who's going to roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and he rolled the stone aside, and he sat on it, and his face shone like lightning. His clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear. So would you. And they fell in a dead faint. But as they arrived, they looked up, and they saw that the stone, which was large, had already been rolled aside. And when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked. The women were shocked. The angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Look, this is where his body was laid. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. The women fled the tomb, trembling and bewildered. And they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. Mary ran and she found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. And she said, they've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. And so Peter and the other disciple started out of the tomb, or for the tomb and they were both running. But that other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped. He looked in. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Simon Peter arrived and he went inside. He also noticed those linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus's head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Come on. Even in this moment, Jesus is a gentleman. He makes his bed uh, before he leaves. (laughs) Folded it up. That was over his head. Folded that. Looked like a napkin. Next time you look at a napkin, you'll never look at it the same. Come on, that, that, that the other cloth just was lying there. Oh, hallelujah. Where am I at? Yeah. The, uh, just look up. The disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and he believed. For until then, they hadn't understood the scriptures that Jesus said he must rise from the dead. And they went home. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and she looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, 
Why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have, have put him. She turned to leave, and she saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and, and I will go, and I'll get him. Mary, Jesus said. Oh. And she turned to him and she cried out. You see, it was the voice that she knew. See, Mary was close. She knew the voice of Jesus. She knew that voice that had delivered her from the demonic lifestyle and had set her free. She knew that voice that was laced with love and not condemnation because of her folly. She knew the voice of Jesus. Do you? She turned and she cried, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me. Mary's probably got a, I started to say a death grip, but he's already died. He's now... She's got a life grip on him, right? She's got a life grip on him. And she's holding, don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and she told them, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. And she gave them this message or his message. So it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. Some things never change, do they? <laughs> the earth is round, dudes are like, prove it. No, you don't. There's a lot of questions in this story. You've asked them, you've thought them, and it's okay to have questions. What would your response, and what is your response to what you've heard here from God's Word? How do you explain a dead man's body now missing? We're not talking some Jimmy Hoffa mystery here, okay? But how do you explain a body missing? Especially in this story, when, 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 when this, the, the, the burial was a burial like none other ever before, right? Roman guards and a large stone in front of it. Why would the Romans go through, to such great extremes? Well, they had heard Jesus' claims before that he would die and he would rise again. And so to make sure that there were no shenanigans here in the garden tomb, they, 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 they posted guards there and, and they, they, they rolled a stone there. They didn't want anyone to come and steal his body, thus maybe validating what he had been preaching, right? They, they, they sealed that, that, that tomb even with, with, with a Roman seal. This, this string that was probably stretched across the front of the stone, held on by, with clay on the ends of it. And listen, when that Roman seal, if anything ever with a Roman seal was broken, that was a big no-no. Wow. 
there would be an investigation. There would be an apprehension and there would be death on the spot once they found you. So, so for the claim that, hey, well, maybe the Romans stole the, no, what Roman would do that? They wouldn't, they knew that they would be killed for that. Well, what about those disciples? Well, first of all, you need to understand as if guards are not enough in front of a tomb. Hey, that stone that was rolled in front of it, that they, listen, it was, it was made of granite. It was eight feet in diameter. It was one foot thick. They say that rolled into the garden in front of that grave, it would have, four tons would have been the weight of that. I'm pretty strong. But I even think 11 disciples, had they all been in on it, probably wouldn't have been able to move that and steal the body. This grave was carved into the side of a mountain. Well, one entrance, there's not an exit like we have illuminated here in case we need to bolt today. There was, there was one way in. It's guarded by Roman guards, the best of the best. It's got a huge stone in front of it. There's a seal on it. Why, why, and, and why would the disciples steal his body? That, 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 that would have made them the laughing stock of, that, that would have invalidated their message that they had been preaching and teaching. Why would they, they have nothing to gain but everything to lose if they're the ones to steal it? Maybe the Roman officials stole it. No, they, they, if that would have been the case, the rumor mill would have died down quickly because of, okay, guys, we jacked with y'all. Happy Easter. Here's his body. No, but we know that that wasn't the case. They couldn't produce the body either because news began to spread about a resurrected Jesus. So the missing body, stone rolled away. Listen, hey, hey, can we just be real here? What, 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 what the religious leaders didn't understand was that, listen, no stone, no guards, no mighty army was able to keep Jesus in that grave. And, and, and listen, I, I, scripture says that an angel rolled the stone away, but can we just be real? He's Jesus. He really doesn't need an angel to do that for him. He could have come out on his own, right? Why did he roll the stone away? Why was the stone rolled away? It wasn't so that Jesus could get out, but it's so that you and I could look in and see that he's risen. Come on. It's proof that he's not there. <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. That's why the stones rolled away. He could have just made it through on his own. But he wanted you and I, my friend, to know that he wasn't there any longer. Wow. How would you respond if you were the one that an angel appeared to that we read about in this story? You ever, had, you ever seen an angel? Some of you probably have. Uh, we got people that, that, that see angels. Have you ever had one talk to you? We know that in this story, there was an angel that spoke that day to, to Mary, to the women. He said, he isn't here. He's risen from the dead just as he said he would. Matthew 28, 6 says, come see where his body was lying. They spoke to him. Man, this declaration, having an angel speak and remind them what Jesus had said, and them seeing the evidence of him not being in the grave any longer, that lit a fire under them, Woo! giving them a passion to speak like they'd never had before. Angel spoke 
and verified and validated. Hey, hey, what, what, what about seeing Jesus himself? Whoa. Would that not have maybe been proof for you? How would you have responded if you saw Jesus that day? Right? Jesus making himself known. We, 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 he, he spoke to Mary here. Yeah. In, in, in a court of law, anybody ever been to court? Let's see. Don't raise your hand. Don't, don't. That's, that's, pastors do that, just kind of play with you. Sometimes. We're not going to do that. Hey, um, in a court of law, though, if there's a witness that can give an account to something they saw or observed, that means something. But if there's two, that brings a little bit more validity to a story, right? And, and you've seen crime shows where they interrogate and they try to play one against the other and try to confuse their story. But when those stories match and they're shared, man, there's kind of, oh, okay, this might be, might be some truth here, right? If, if, if two criminal or two eyewitness accounts validates and verifies that something probably happened, what would you do with over 500 eyewitness accounts? Over 500 eyewitness accounts to seeing the resurrected Jesus. For around a 40-day period, Jesus kind of hung out there in the, in the resurrected. Jesus kind of made himself known to individuals throughout the city. Over 500 different people seeing him in prayer meetings or walking on roads and having mealtimes together. Peter and some of the disciples in their dejectedness and they're out fishing. They'd gone back to fishing because that's what you do when your leader's gone. You go back to what you know. And Jesus finds them fishing. Peter sees him. How would you, listen, 500 eyewitness accounts. I've seen a resurrected Jesus. I love how Lee Strobel, Lee Strobel, who, 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 who found Jesus on his quest to disprove Jesus. I love what Lee Strobel would say about this. He says, if you were to call to the witness stand, every witness who personally encountered the resurrected Jesus, and if we cross-examine them for only 15 minutes, if we went around the clock without a break, we would be listening to firsthand testimony of more than 128 hours. That's over five days of testimony. Who could possibly walk away unconvinced? So what do you think about it? We've got over 500 people that, that are eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. Peter in Acts chapter 3, preaching to the religious leaders, he reminds them of something. Peter, man, he's bold and brash. Wasn't he? He, was, he was weak and frail before the crucifixion, right? Uh, but now he's seen the resurrected Jesus and he's got a little bit more of his uh, back. He says, you killed the author of life, but God has raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses to this fact. Hey, can I just tell you something? If somebody says, this is how I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again after I'm dead and it happens, you better believe what that guy says. Jesus made all kinds of declarations. He told them what he was going to do, and he did it. Listen, if he can rise from the dead, you better believe what he said. Yeah. Tweet that mess. <laughs> Just brings validity to it. From Mary on that resurrection Sunday morning, to the other women, to disciples, to men walking on a road to Emmaus, to people in prayer gatherings, 
to 500 gathered for we're not quite what, what, what they were doing. People eating with him. People talk. Hey, and listen, it's okay to have questions. It's okay to doubt this. Let me remind you that one of his 12 doubted. Thomas. Remember that? Jesus makes his appearance known. Thomas wasn't there the first time. He missed out. Don't ever miss out on Jesus. I hate for you to miss Jesus. I hate for you to miss him today. But yeah, Jesus comes back. Thomas, I don't know if that's you, Lord. I have too many questions. All right, Thomas, look at my hands. Here's my side. Come on, Thomas, come on up and get you some of this. You want to touch it? Jesus proving that he's back and he's alive. It's okay to have questions. And I get it. It's hard logically to wrap our minds around. But at some point, you're going to have to wrestle. Do I, will I choose to believe what history proves? What are you going to do about it? We know that these ladies, when, when the angel spoke to them and told them what to do, you probably would do what an angel told you to do too, wouldn't you? Or when Jesus, if Jesus said, hey, I want you to do this, you, you're, you're, hey, listen, real quick, your life goes better when you do what Jesus tells you to do. So if Jesus tells you to go tell some other people about him, you, 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 you might want to do that. Which is better. Life is better. What do they do? They continue. They went to tell people about Jesus Discouraged and disengaged women and disciples went to the tomb that day. But something happened that changed them, that gave them a fire and a passion like never before. What happened to them? They saw Jesus. They saw Jesus. And they were willing to tell everyone about him. Not, not afraid to die for, listen, and as they would go throughout Jerusalem, hey, they weren't, they weren't telling people love one another. They weren't telling people in Jerusalem the story of the good Samaritan. They, they weren't teaching the Beatitudes that blessed are those who, no, you know what they were preaching and teaching? A resurrected Jesus, Doug. I have to tell you what I've seen. I've seen him. I've touched him. He's not someone to be clung to, but he's someone to go and brag about. Who have you told? Who have you told that Jesus has risen from the dead? Have you told anybody? (laughs) What would you do if you would have been there? Well, we weren't. But we're here today. And so let me ask you a question. What is your response to the resurrection? What are you going to do with it? You've had questions and I've, I've tried to answer some of those things that are out there and trying to give you some proof. But what is your response going to be to this story today? I told you at the very beginning, I want to just reiterate it. 
that what you do with this story and what you do with Jesus and how you respond and what you choose to believe is a priority of your life. Your, 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 your life here, um, it, it, it hinges on what you do with Jesus. What, what do I mean by that? Listen. Jesus gives a purpose, a, a person greater purpose. Um, a greater life to live here on earth. Je Jesus gives a person, when they choose to believe in him, the, 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 the opportunity to have a relationship with God. And, and with that, man, that, that brings so many benefits, right? connection with God, the creator of everything, God's protection and covering, the favor and the blessing of God. I'm telling you, everything, what you choose to do with Jesus and what you believe about the resurrection story, your life here on earth hinges on it. But check this out, your, your eternity hinges on it as well. And, and, and please hear my heart, I, 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 I don't want to coerce. I'm not trying to scare. I'm simply from a heart of love. I want you to have the opportunity to answer the question that you have in your heart right now. Do I believe it? Do I believe he was who he said he was? And do I believe that he did what he said he would do? Do I? You, you've got to answer that. I had to answer that at the age of nine years old. I said yes to Jesus. I didn't know what it all meant, but I just really believe this. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. That word sin is a word that we use in churches like this. Sin is simply anything that we do that's wrong in our lives that goes against what God wants for us. And there's a long list of those things, right? But they're all sin. Anything that we do that's wrong in God's eyes is called sin. I, I knew at the age of nine that, that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I started with that today. I, 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 I believe that through his death on the cross, that was the only way that I could be forgiven of all of my sins. And believe me, my mom would tell you I had many. But we all do, don't we? Every one of us in this room and watching online, we all have this sin thing. We all have it in common. We're all eat up with it. And I believed in the resurrection. I did believe that Jesus rose from the grave. And so at the age of nine, I had to make the decision. I'm going to choose to believe it all. And Jesus... Well, I, I rem, I, I'm reminded of what it says in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. It means he's the only way that I can get to God. He's the truth. Meaning that, listen, if you want to know in a world where it seems like there is no absolute truth, I'm telling you, look at Jesus and live like he lives and you will live truth. I'm the way, the truth, and I am the, the life. You see, there's something interesting that takes place in our lives whenever we give our lives to Jesus. Jesus takes all of the old junk and funk, all of our mess, and he, he discards that and he begins something new in us. I, I don't know about you. I, I, you might be a person that loves old stuff. You, you like old stuff, but we, we, we even try to take the old stuff and we try to dust it off, clean it up, and make it new. We try to restore it, do we not? We, Jesus takes our old junk and funk and everything that is ugly and gross about us, and he discards that when I let him come in and he makes me new. Scripture says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things pass away and all things become new. Would you like to be made new today?
Would you like to, to disregard the old you? It's not pretty. It's hurtful. That reputation, what you've been known for. Listen, all of that can shift today, but it all hinges on what you're going to choose to believe about Jesus and the resurrection. What are you going to do about it? Listen, here's what I want you to know. I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're dialed in. Because Jesus Christ is alive today. And you can begin a relationship with him. How do I do that? I'm glad you asked me that question. <laughs> because scripture says in the book of Romans that if you openly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that he rose from the dead, you will be saved. And you need to know something about Jesus, that when he forgives sins, he forgives sins. When Jesus says he forgives a person, he, he doesn't just continue to hold it over a person's head and lord it over them and remind him of their past. No, he, he, he lets them know of the future that he has for them. So the question I have for you today is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do with what you've heard? What will you do with Jesus? There's a lot of dead people in this room. There's a lot of dead people that are watching. But I tell you, you don't have to stay dead. You can be resurrected to new life. Next Sunday, we're going to have a baptismal experience right here, right here in this room. I hope you'll come join us. We got, we're going to get some people dunked and wet. We're going to hold them down until the bubbles almost stop. <laughs> Just kidding. I won't do that. But it's symbolic of dying to the old life burying that just as Jesus died and was buried in the grave. And man, I am resurrected to a new life. I'm just telling you right now, somebody listen, Jesus can resurrect your old dead life and make you new. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. No one looking around. We're in church and the preachers ask you to do something. Do it. Don't make God mad. I'm just kidding. Would you close your eyes and I just want you to listen to me right now. Do you know Jesus is Lord and Savior? Your life hinges on this story that I spoke of today, and it hinges on what you're going to do with Jesus. And I pray that if you don't know him, that right now, you would just ask him to come in. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. To discard the old and to make you new. Tell him you believe that he died on the cross. Tell him you believe that he rose from the grave. Tell him that you believe that he is the only way to the Father. And why don't you ask him to save you right now? In fact, I want to ask everyone to repeat this prayer after me, every one of us in this room. Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you to save me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe that you are the way to the Father. Jesus, come in and save me right now. I give you my life. I choose from this moment to embrace and live the life you've marked out for me. Save me, Lord. In Jesus' name. With your head still bowed and your eyes closed, no one looking around. 
except for those of you that prayed that prayer today, maybe for the first time, and you meant it. If you prayed that prayer today for Jesus to come in and to save you and to change your life, I want you to look at me if you prayed that prayer. I want to look at you to look at me so I can see you. Raise your hand up so I can see you real quick. Just, I see you, ma'am. Thank you. I see you right here. I see you, brother. Someone else, look at me. Look. I see you there in the back, ma'am. I see you. Someone else, look at me. I prayed it for the first time and I'm asking Jesus to save me. Hallelujah. Hey, do this. I want everybody to stand with me right now. Heads bowed, eyes closed still. I want you to stand with me. And if you prayed that prayer, raise your hand and you looked at me. I made eye contact with you. I want to ask you maybe to do something a little bold and crazy right now because people are going to start clapping in this room right now because you gave your life to Jesus Christ. I want to ask you to come join me down front because I want to hug your neck right now. If that's you today and you gave your life to Jesus, I want to ask you to come right now. Come join me down front. Come join me down front. I want to see you. I want to hug you. Come on. These people are cheering you on. They're clapping for you right now. You need not be afraid. You need not be afraid. This is the best decision you'll ever make. Come on. If that's you, come on. I want to wait. I saw you. Heaven saw you. Come on. I want to share something with you important. Come on down here. My man right here. My girl. Hallelujah. There's another one coming. Look, there's another one of your friends right here. Come on. There's someone else today. I saw you. Come on. I don't want you to miss out. These people are clapping for you guys. They're happy. Many of them have made the same decision that you're making today, guys. This is absolutely incredible. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Anyone else? Come on. 10 seconds. People are cheering you on. Hallelujah. Right here. Looky here. You look beautiful. That's awesome. Anyone else today? Anyone else today giving your life to Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Hey, what is your name? Hey, Lauren, what's your name? Rachel Isabella. I want you guys to know that what you're doing today is the best and biggest decision you'll ever make in your life. More so than what am I going to be when I grow up? You know what I'm excited about? You're starting young. I mean, you have an incredible future. Isabella, I want you to know something. God has something. You are going to be someone that God uses to make other people's lives better. You're going to be a helper somehow. And, and you're going to God's going to use you in a miraculous way to make someone's life better. Are you creative? You are. I see it in you. What do you like to do? Draw. You're going to be able to draw pictures for people, whether on a piece of paper just with your words because you're creative you're going to be able to create opportunities for people to hear Jesus in a special way he's already put that in you it's going to come out of you how old are you 13 you're a teenager 
clean your room? Sometimes. Do you make your bed every day like Jesus made his on that Easter? I'm just kidding. Hey, um, can I just tell you something? Don't let anyone look down on you because you're 13. Did you know that most of the people we read about in the Bible were teenagers? And I want to... You've got a courage inside of you that no one's going to be able to extinguish. It's there right now. And I'm praying that it would continue to dominate your life the rest of your life. I want to let you know about three teenage boys. You're not into boys, are you? Yet, Okay, stay as long as you can. Steer clear of them, okay? But there will be a boy someday, maybe. But, but these three teenage, teenage boys had courage one day. When, when there was a king that tried to talk them out of believing in God. And they said, no. They said, no. We are, we're not going to bow down to you, king, because we believe that God is greater. What is your name? Lauren. This is Rachel, and this is Isabella. Lauren, stay strong in your faith. You're going to be a Look at those earrings are beautiful. You look gorgeous. And God's going to use you in a mighty way. Girls, today, you are making a decision that is setting the trajectory for the rest of your life. Hallelujah. Hey, I want to do something real quick. Hey, if, if there's a mom or dad with these young ladies that's present, we, we want to do something. This is my friend, Grace. Can you see Grace right here? Hey, we, we want you guys to, to go with Grace and these ladies. Moms and dads, if one of you guys want to come with your, your daughter, please come on down right now. You guys should go real quick because we've got something we want to put in your hands and we want to get your information if we can and just kind of follow up with you. So if there's a mom and hey, come on. My, dude, that haircut, bro. Let's go. Let's go. With, is Rachel yours? Come on, Dad. Go with your daughter. You guys, can y'all make your way up for just a... We, we promise we won't keep you long. Come on, church. I think you can clap better than that. I think you can celebrate today that somebody said yes to Jesus. Hey, here's the deal. Ministry team, come forward. Ministry team. Listen, I know that there's some of you others here today that still God's working in your life. And I'm going to pray and we're going to officially dismiss. But if you want to come and just share with one of my friends down front today that Jesus came into your life today... I mean, come share that with them, okay? Or maybe you're here today and say, you know what? I'm, I'm dealing with some sort of setback. Listen, we believe something. We're crazy here at 1910. We believe that your setback can actually be a setup for something awesome that God's about to bring to your life. And so maybe today you're just struggling and, 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 and our team would love to pray with you and encourage you and just partner with you within that, okay? Listen, lunch will wait. It'll be okay, I promise. Don't miss this moment. The Holy Spirit's moving and he's at work. And I do not want you to miss the healer in this room. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for being a savior that's worth bragging about. And God, I want to thank you for these three ladies that have said yes to you. Wow. Guys, can y'all begin to see God's going to do something through these young ladies? I'm an artist. going to help people. I really believe that for Isabella's life. God's going to use her in some mighty way to, to make a difference. Wow. Strength and courage, all of it. Thank you, God. God, I want to pray for the person here in this room today that's still wrestling with, are you really 
who you are, who you say you are. And God, I pray that they take a step of faith and just believe that you are. And then begin to let you just transform and change their life. God, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to pray this over you, that the Lord will bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Let's go in that peace now. Amen. You're dismissed.